We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 18, and I don't know if we're going to get the whole thing done. We're going to see where we get. Um, but I want to start in verse 1, and the thing that I really loved about this is, as he says to Oliver, I guess it's verse 2, I have manifested unto you by my Spirit in many instances the things that you have written are true. And I love that because I think here is this scribe who is part of this process watching Joseph translate. And we have his testimony of what that was like. And he's had revelations and these sacred experiences. But I love that this is a testimony that we need to constantly work on our testimony. And it's incredible as many times as I have read the Book of Mormon and President Irene actually just talked about this not too long about go, and I had done the math when he talked about over 50 years he had read the Book of Mormon. I think it was 50 years every single day. And um, he said a certain amount of times. Anyway, it was a lot. I had done the math, and the seminary kids, we were dying. And so I tried to do the math on mine, and I don't really know how many times, but um, since high school, I have read every day at least a half hour. It's gotten more the older I've gotten. And the interesting thing is, um, I'm sure it's well over 50. I think that's probably a very small um, number. Um, but the thing that I can testify that is true is it is amazing to me that I can read and have scriptures pierce me to the very center and teach me things I did not learn before. This book never gets old. This book never gets routine um, or redundant. Um, I never get bored. Now, are there days that I read and it doesn't penetrate? Yes, and that bothers me <laughs> so much. But there are days, I'm like everyone else, right? Um, or, or maybe worse. Um, just like with our prayers, sometimes they can become redundant and wrote. But it is something we need to continually work on. And that's what this really taught me with Oliver Cowdery is how touching that is that the Spirit manifested to him many times as he sat there, that the things that he was being scribed on, writing, were true. And I love that he says to him in verse 3, rely on these things that are written, because what that says is rely on the Scriptures, right? How many conferences addresses, addresses have we had that they say every day, every day, every day? They can't stress it enough. It somehow... It brings such power into our life. And I don't know how to put that in words other than to say I know it from it doing it in my life. I cannot afford to go a day without reading the scriptures. And here's the truth. The very first thing I do in the day, probably 99% of the time, is to study my scriptures because my day goes so much better if I do. And I have had that over years of experience and know that to be true. And I also know that if I don't do it very first thing, it hangs over my head and I can't move on until I have gotten it done. And so it is something I have really learned. And I think I stressed that before when I talked about getting up for early morning seminary. I learned I had to study my scriptures first. So that meant I was getting up at four. And I just have to. The day just goes so much better. So without putting it into a poetic, scriptural promise that 
apostles have said in my layman's terms and just giving my experience, we need the scriptures every day. And what a gift and a blessing. And I love that it says it to Oliver right there. And then he says, if you shall build upon my church and upon the foundation of my gospel and my rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And there's the promise. And that is why. And I love that because when he talks about build upon my church, this is the church hasn't been organized. This is June of 1829. The church is going to be organized next April in 1830. And I love that when he says that it is this, the Book of Mormon, every single thing in here, priesthood keys and ordinances, sacrament and um, baptism, every single thing that is needed to organize the church is right here in this book. And that's what he's saying. My church, build on this, rely on this. What you just wrote for Joseph Smith, that's everything. And if I will say to my kids there, I just dare not experiment with cutting that from my life because I know what a difference it makes in my life. It is, it is magic. Okay, then he goes on and talks about declaring repentance. And I love as you go to verse 8, it says, And now marvel not that I have called him. He's talking about Joseph Smith in verse 7. You have been baptized under the hands of my servant Joseph Smith. Now marvel not, verse 8, that I have called him to my own purpose, which purpose is known in me. They haven't organized the church yet, so they're, <laughs> they're getting there. Wherefore, if he shall be diligent in keeping my commandments, which he just listed before he had, he obeyed me, he was baptized, he's been, um, whatever the word is, the scriptures unfolding those for you, um, I can't think of the word, it's on the tip of my tongue, he shall be blessed to eternal life. His name is Joseph. And I just love that. Keep obeying and you will be blessed for eternal life. That same promise is true for you. That same promise is true for me. Keep obeying and you will have eternal life. And then he goes down in verse 9 and says, And now, Oliver, I speak to you and also to David Whitmer by way of commandment. I love that he says that because he just has said, Joseph Smith, if Joseph Smith continues to obey, that can sum Joseph Smith up. It can sum Nephi up. That is the key. If you'll just obey my commandments, and he talks about so far, Joseph has done everything the Lord has commanded you, commanded him. Now he says, now listen by way of commandment, for behold, I command all men everywhere to repent. I speak unto you even as unto Paul. How awesome to be compared to Paul, mine apostle. For you are called even with that same calling with which he was called. And I have written down, how cool was that? What a huge compliment because we know how powerful Paul was. But here's something else I thought of as I read that. We also know Paul thought he was right when he was Saul and went about destroying the Lord's followers, destroying the Lord's church. 
And he had to humble himself and repent to become this great man. So I also think there is a comparison there for Oliver Cowdery. It seems like as we read that, there's so much foreshadowing and so much of the Lord reminding him again and again, obey, Oliver, trust that Joseph is my chosen. He was chosen by me for a calling that's yet even more than translating these scriptures. There's the word, translating these scriptures. He is called to even more, and he testifies to Oliver of this over and over again and tells him over and over again, repent, humble yourself. And, and I, you know, that's his choice to hear it. But as he's comparing him to Paul, it does make you think, is he thinking, am I Paul because Paul had to repent because Paul thought he knew what he was doing and was destroying the Lord's church? Or am I Paul because Paul was this great man of God? And here's the thing. He was both. And the Lord was giving him an opportunity to repent and be both. The Lord knew that he needed to humble himself. The Lord knew he needed a testimony, again, a witness again, of Joseph's prophetic calling. Um, again, I am just struck that the Lord does this so many times. We have so many examples that here is this uneducated boy, man, who has a second grade education, who is translating and learning languages and the spirit is it, he doesn't even have to use the Urim and Thummim anymore. He just, the Holy Ghost tells him. It has got to baffle the natural man mind of Oliver Cowdery. And we can't rely on our brain. We have to trust in the Spirit. And we have to turn to God to have that faith because he knows Joseph's weaknesses. And here's Oliver who is a a graduated degree educated man who could very well think why isn't the Lord using me and there again is the example for the rest of us of pride and so I really really love those scriptures and that comparison of Oliver to Paul for those two things God's joy in the soul that repenteth verse 13 so again here we go let's repent like Paul did okay and then go to work 14 and 15 wherefore you are called to cry repentance to this people and if it so be that you should labor all your days and bring people even one soul unto me how great shall be your joy and you know those verses. And so I love that. And I, the thought that I had there is in marriage and in raising children, we get that joy. That's why we get the highest kingdom is we get to be sealed as families. And it is that joy of bringing our children and our families closer in line with God and the joy of that. But we also want to be missionaries and reaching out to neighbors and friends and all, like President Nelson said, who are looking for God to prevail in their life. And I love that. Okay. Um, he Again, he emphasizes in 17, you have my gospel before you, my rock and my salvation. Again, he's talking about the Book of Mormon. The church has not been organized. It will not be organized until April. This is all 
leading up to that. Um, I love that he is emphasizing again, everything you need is in this book. And that is so true, how blessed we are. Okay, again, he says, ask the Father in faith, believing you shall receive and you shall get the Holy Ghost. And really what that is, is they will get the higher priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood if they ask. But you have to have faith to ask for that. I love that he says in verse 20, and so they will go on to do that, which is pretty darn awesome that they get um, to have the Melchizedek priesthood. They have experienced, you know, when Oliver and Joseph were baptized, they experienced what that felt like. And Joseph definitely has gone through translating through the gift of the Holy Ghost, but now they will have the Melchizedek priesthood and give that blessing to each other and they will have the right to have it as a constant companion, and they will also give it to others. And so we do have record of that. That's so awesome. Okay, I love in verse 20 that it says, contend against no church, save it be the church of the devil. And the reason I love that is I do think so often when we say we are the only true church that it makes us kind of contend like against other churches like somehow they're lesser and I as I have said before I know people who belong to other churches that are so incredibly religious that are far they far exceed me and um, we have so much we can learn from them and truly what it is is that we get to add to what they know that the blessing is we have these covenants we have these ordinances we have all of these things, the priesthood power in these scriptures that they are missing, that we can bring to them and that they will gladly embrace because they are followers of Christ. And so I love that. Take upon you the name of Christ, speak with truth and soberness. And when we take the name of Christ, we act for him. And that's beautiful. And as many as repent and are baptized and endure to the end shall be saved. And that's the message that we want to give to um, the world, all of you who come. He becomes your father, and that's what it says. Jesus Christ is the name given of the Father. There is no other way whereby man can be saved. That is what we preach constantly. Bring them to Christ. Bring them to those covenants. Have them come to him and be one with him, and that is the gift. We're going to end there, and we'll start tomorrow at verse 25. And um, I just want to bear witness. I love this comparison of Oliver to Paul because I do think it's such I have such love for Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer or Peter Whitmer and the Whitmers and the Harrises and all that these incredible people um gave for the building up of the church and I love that these men have allowed us to learn from their weaknesses and their faults because their weaknesses and their faults are my weaknesses and my faults. And so I am so grateful that we have these stories to learn from and most of all to know to constantly fortify ourselves through the power of the scriptures in our daily lives and through prayer and to tether ourselves to God and to pray for forgiveness for our pride and for our weaknesses. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much the Savior loves you.